This is McKinsey Recruiting, a podcast created to help you learn more about McKinsey and company. My name is Philip, and I am here to answer all your questions about McKinsey Recruiting and introduce you to some of our McKinsey personalities. In this episode, we will talk about Beyond Consulting and McKinsey's Client Capabilities Network, where we will have a closer look at some of our non-consulting roles. Our guest today is Robert Tesorero. Robert has been with McKinsey for 20 years and is now the leader of the Global Research Function and Client Capabilities Center at our San Jose office in Costa Rica. Originally from Australia, Robert moved to Costa Rica 10 years ago. He will share more about his role within our Client's Capabilities Network, what it's like working in our San Jose office and why he refers to himself as an Australian backpacker. Are you ready? Then let's start our podcast, McKinsey Recruiting. Hi, Robert, and thanks for being our guest and a warm welcome from uh, Germany to sunny Costa Rica. <laughs> Philip, it's fantastic to be here. I'm really excited and humbled to join this discussion. I'm, I'm really actually excited in particular because I'm in the office today um, here in our, our center in Costa Rica, and, and it's just quite refreshing to be back in the office after spending so much time in my home office. Cool. So um, we're going to introduce you to our listeners uh, in some minutes, but Rob, you are Uh, our first podcast guest based in Latin America, so congratulations, but you are not originally from um, Costa Rica though. You were born in Australia and have moved around throughout your life. You often refer to yourself as an Australian backpacker. Um, maybe you can tell us a bit about your travels. Yeah, sure. Happy to, Philip. Um, so yeah, I am Australian. And if anyone comes to Costa Rica, you won't find many Australians um, kind of running around Costa Rica unless you're kind of on the beach, um, sitting and <laughs> having a nice drink or, or, or surfing or swimming. Um, so a little bit, bit unique to be an Australian sitting in in San Jose. Um, uh Growing up in Australia, we always are a little bit geographically isolated from the rest of the world. So I always had this innate curiosity to explore the rest of the world. Uh, so I, I did actually spend a year studying in Germany. That was my first kind of trip overseas as a as an Ostoschule, as an exchange student in, in Aachen. Wow. Yeah. That was good yeah. pronunciation. Vielen <laughs> uh, Dank. So, but that's as far as my, my German goes. Um, and then, yeah, I did spend some time backpacking, which is a little bit of an Australian tradition where we go out and we explore the world. Um, and it was during that backpacking trip where I landed in London and was looking for a, a role. And after a couple of roles in, in various companies, I actually discovered McKinsey, which was fantastic and have now been with a firm, as we call McKinsey, for 20 years. Uh, and I have been in different offices and different geographies. So I started in London. I spent some time in our Sydney office. I've also spent time in, in the US based in Boston. Uh, I spent some time in Asia, in Singapore. I was there for about five years. Um, and yet now here in Latin America and been in Costa Rica for For 10 years, uh, which we're, we didn't expect. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you some more questions about your um, background, but I also hear that you love surfing and go to the beach whenever you can. So I assume Costa Rica must have a lot of spots that are perfect for surfing. What is it about surfing that you enjoy specifically? Yeah, so I had the opportunity to move to Costa Rica 10 years ago. And of course, there was lots of professional motivations um, to, to move here and actually help open our new center. But of course, there was the secret agenda of, of 
Costa Rica <laughs> being very famous for surfing and, and great waves. And so uh, I, I love it. It's being with nature. Um, my father is a surfer and he kind of passed on this uh, amazing pastime. In fact, I would say um, lifestyle. Um, and I'm fortunate to also share that experience now with my two sons uh, who are both surfing. Um, it, and, and honestly, it's just a, a way to rebalance myself, being in the water, um, you know, enjoying this with my family. Sometimes we're three generations surfing waves and, and beautiful locations. Uh, and the other thing I enjoy, which is sometimes we get some big waves here in Costa Rica, and it does provide a little bit of a challenge. And I think uh, trying to manage the nervousness and the fear when you're in larger waves, I, I, I find quite humbling um, and keeps you a bit centered and balanced and puts other things in perspective. So uh, I also know that your wife is from Mexico and your two sons uh, were born in Sydney and Singapore. Um, what language does your family speak at home? Um, do you run into any cultural clashes? Yeah, so I think the language we speak depends on um, the level of excitement in the household. Um, and so if it's kind of general kind of running the house, then it's our, what I would say, Australian English that we speak in the house. And then when things get a little bit more excited, sometimes they do automatically translate into, into us exchanging words in Spanish, which is, which is great. So it's, it's a mixture of both. Um, now, this question may be a bit tricky. What place do you and your family call home? It's, it's actually quite interesting when we are traveling and we get someone who meets us in an airport or on a plane saying, where are you guys from? And we always say it's, it's a little bit complicated. Um, <laughs> so I think our, our two homes are, are Mexico and, and Australia, um, even though we're very closely attached to Costa Rica as well. But that's the definition of home. It is an interesting dynamic, though. Uh, I mean, I think there's the advantage of being global citizens and opening up a world map and our children being able to put their Their, their finger on different parts of the map and saying, oh, well, you know, I've lived there. And, and I, I find that wonderful and exciting. Uh, but there's also the downside where, you know, them understanding a little bit more about Australian culture. Like I watch cricket sometimes on television and I'm constantly having to explain to them the rules of cricket um, or rugby or I even Vegemite. I wouldn't know them either. <laughs> I wouldn't yes. know the rules of cricket either. <laughs> so it's, it's a very understandable question unless you grew up in a, a cricket nation. So. <laughs> So um, we already know now that uh, you have, we already know a lot about your passions now and your global um, citizenship to, uh, due to your highly international experience and multicultural family. We heard a lot of great stories about you and know that you love community and making really genuine connections with people. A colleague told us um, that you always put people first and are also very selfless. So we were also told that one of your colleagues once planned to surprise you for your birthday by filling up the office with balloons to the point where you could hardly enter the room. So, Rob, uh, my question to you, do you enjoy surprises or are you more of a planner and like to know what to expect? <laughs> I actually love surprises. Um, I think we're in a, an environment where things are constantly changing. Um, and when there are these little surprises, I actually, I don't admit it normally, but I actually really enjoy it. So that, that was a very funny experience where... I came into the office and my entire office was floor-to-ceiling balloons. And at the time, I actually had a, a, a VC call or, you know, a Zoom call. <laughs> and and I, I couldn't even get into the room. And it was actually a very serious um, discussion with a lot of senior people. And here I am in my seat surrounded by balloons with all these senior colleagues kind of wondering what was going on. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a little bit of a funny, funny event, yeah. 
Are there also any groups or communities that you are part of at McKinsey? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I have a, a bit of a passion in particular for gender diversity. Um, and I think there's quite a few things we've managed to do here in Costa Rica um, and pioneer them in Costa Rica with some fantastic leaders um, that have been the ones who've been the true force behind these initiatives. And that sometimes actually export them. Um, uh, just naming a few, we have this learning program that's called Engaging with Impact. Um, uh, and essentially what we do is we invite potential candidates to come to our center and we run them through different modules, uh, modules which help them teach uh, structured communication, uh, things around sharing feedback, um, how to handle more difficult conversations. Uh, and I remember the first session we had, and it, it was a wonderful colleague, uh, Claire Robertson, that really was um, the architect behind this. And she said, Robert, it'd be great if you could speak. And I remember walking into this hall with kind of a hundred people and I was just kind of blown away by the level of excitement. And we actually have taken that um, and continue doing it in Costa Rica and now actually also doing it at times with clients. Um, and I know we've also delivered in particular to clients in, in the Middle East and it's been um, very impactful and got lots of fantastic support. I also have really tried to bring a bit of transparency in terms of how we're doing of gender diversity, both in terms of um, our gender mix within our teams and also in particular right now with the recruiting that we're doing and how we're thinking about gender diversity and, and, and our talent kind of funnel, how we're doing with interviews so that we're really trying to live up to those aspirations. So that's one of the internal McKinsey groups. Yeah. How, how do you create an environment? Um, I mean, like you've already told us one example, but how do you create an environment where you, where people can really bring their whole selves to work? Yeah. I'm in a fortunate position where, you know, one of my roles is leading our centers uh, and our centers are home to about um, 1,800 of our, and we'll talk about our client capability network, I think soon, but about 1,800 of these colleagues. Uh, and one thing we really try to do is bring a lot of diversity into the centers. Uh, and so, you know, pre-COVID, and hopefully I can say that, when you'd walk around our centers and I'm, I feel great that in maybe six or 12 months, we'll have the same experience. You'd walk the hallways of our centers and you would meet people from every background, um, different countries, you'd hear different languages. Uh, and I think creating that diversity and being very mindful of creating that diversity in our centers um, has enabled people to feel very comfortable about being themselves and bringing their whole self to work. Uh, we're actually right now building some new centers, uh, one in Lisbon, one in Dallas and Atlanta. And one thing we do as we try to build those centers from the start is not only recruit from the local talent markets, which is the reason why we're in those locations, but also encourage people to move from other parts of the firm to really bring that microcosm and that real diverse community into those centers. So you've already told us a bit about uh, the uh, client capability network and the centers. But uh, now, before we dive deeper into your role at McKinsey, I would like to know more about your educational background and past work, work experience to understand how you got to this um, exciting role that you're having today. You're part of our uh, client capabilities network and you lead our global research function. But more on that in a minute. Um, you have a degree in international business and management, worked in a startup company, and gained some work experience in investment banking. Mm. Your career at McKinsey started 20 years ago, as we've already said, when you discovered an open role in our London office. I also know that you are the type of person to really take initiative and drive, thing, drive things forward. What was your first impression of McKinsey when you first stepped foot inside um, the London office for your, for your interview? 
Yeah, that's a good question, Philip. So I, I was working in an investment bank and did learn a lot with that experience, but I just didn't feel like it was exactly the right role or organization for me. And I heard about this role at McKinsey. And at that time, the London office for McKinsey was right above Piccadilly Circus. And it was this incredible building. And I had done a little bit of reading about McKinsey to try to understand and prepare for the interview. I don't think I quite expected what I encountered. So the, the German street office at that time, you'd come up this escalator and it was this kind of futuristic glass building. And I, I came into the foyer and I just remember seeing all these incredibly smart, well-dressed people walking across the lobby, engaging in these interesting discussions. Um, it, it, it just felt like a very energized community and, and environment. And actually, I reflected on a movie that I'd seen, which was a, a science fiction movie, which kind of painted this kind of future version of what we could be. And I'm like, I, I feel like I've arrived on some movie set. And I'm like, I really want to work here. And then I recall the, the discussions, the interviews that I had, and it made me want even more to be part of that community. Uh, and then the, the first day of, of my, my work at McKinsey, I, I just couldn't get over how smart people were and how helpful they were. I, I just never encountered that. And then to top it all off, I went down to the, the canteen for lunch with this incredible selection of food. I'm like, okay, wow, <laughs> I need to work at McKinsey. <laughs> and uh, did you plan this career path or how did you end up in your current, current role? I, I, I didn't plan this. Uh, I did know I wanted to do something in business. I had done a bachelor of business. So that, that was important. I wanted to join an organization where I could learn and be challenged. And I found that. Uh, and I also wanted to join an organization where I felt the organization was contributing to society and the overall good of the world, which sounds a little altruistic, but that was the things that was kind of driving me. So I didn't have like a concrete plan. I kind of knew that there were a few things that I, I wanted to do uh, in my professional career. And those, those were those things I just mentioned. And how did you end up in Costa Rica then? <laughs> yeah. So one thing about McKinsey is uh, the, the, the time you spend here, you do build fantastic networks of colleagues And they're both professional networks and they're also kind of personal connections. And at the time I was in Singapore and what, one of my um, colleagues, uh, Rafika Jani, had decided he wanted to, to kind of push forward and build a new, what we called then a knowledge center in Costa Rica. And I, I remained connected with him and he, he invited me to come to Costa Rica and see what, what was going on here. And we had a few discussions and Look, I mean, I was just excited by building something new. Uh, at the time, there was kind of 20 colleagues in Costa Rica, and, and we're now a, a thousand. Uh, and we've built that with lots of leadership and lots of fantastic mm -hmm. colleagues contributing to that. Uh, but I, I was just excited by building something new. Uh, and also the fact that my wife is Mexican, as you mentioned, and being in Latin America close to her family and having our children speak Spanish like they were natives was also very important. Uh, and then, as I did mention, the surfing. So that all in all, and look, I don't regret it. It's been a fantastic decision. And we only plan to stay a few years. And here we are, 10 years later, still in, in Costa Rica and happy. And what's your favorite McKinsey office? Well, it has to be Costa Rica. So, um, <laughs> but, and let me tell you why. So we have this weekly tradition where on a Thursday evening, we have this building with a rooftop and we convert the rooftop into kind of like a, a cocktail bar stroke nightclub and we have a dj we have um this 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 vendor that comes in and makes cocktails 
and and I think on a Thursday night, it's probably one of the the coolest and most fun night spots in in San Jose. Uh, so that's what makes this place really cool, and also the people. Um, lots of lots of young, energizing folks running around, um, very collaborative. So I'm a bit partial to the San Jose office, and maybe because I've been here since the start. So. That was a really good pitch. So probably uh, you have to invite me now to. <laughs> to You're your very office. welcome, Philip. We, we'd love to have you here. Can you DJ? So, <laughs> I could try. I could try. I could do podcasts. <laughs> okay. So um, since your job, as you've described it just now, is not a classic consulting role, um, I definitely want to know more about your responsibilities and the group you're a part of. So let's talk about the Client Capabilities Network. And let me try to frame it. <clears throat> There are a number of client capability centers or hubs across um, the world in which colleagues support our consultants in their work and keep innovating our firm. These colleagues deliver distinctive client impact through assets and expertise and are driven by a really real culture of innovation. Did I get that right, Rob? <laughs> It's amazing, Philip. You, you captured it very well, almost better than what, what, what I would do in terms of describing <laughs> it. So you clearly have done your research and your reading. Thank you. <laughs> and um, could you maybe explain me a bit more about, um, about the CCN? What are some of the roles people have within our uh, client capabilities network and how do they differ from a traditional consulting role? Okay, sure. Um, and, and if I could just add a little more detail, I mean, your, your description was perfect and very crisp, but just a little more, it's, it's 3,600 colleagues. So this is, this is a very large network um, and we are truly global. We are, we are in centers, about half our group are sitting in centers But then half the, the group are also sitting in consulting offices and hubs. Um, in, in terms of the different kind of roles and, and, and paths that we have, it, it is very, very diverse. Um, and so let me kind of break it down to the, the four main paths that we have within uh, the, the client capability network. And if it's okay, I'll from now on use the acronym, the CCN. So we have our what we call our capabilities and insights path. And this is around about 1,100 colleagues. Uh, so most of these colleagues belong to our industry or functional practices, and they're also part of geographic teams. Uh, and being kind of anchored around those practices and geographies, they very often are the ones bringing insights and market data to our consulting teams. So they work very closely, almost embedded at times, part of our consulting teams. They do research. They have access to probably an unparalleled portfolio of data assets, external data. You know, um, they have also access to internal data. So they might get asked a question about kind of what's the, the size of the market for automobiles in Latin America. They will then tap that external data and internal data and glean insights and feed that into the consulting teams and sometimes feed that also directly to our clients. So when we talk about fact-based consulting, very often the facts and the insights are coming from our capabilities and insights colleagues. They do spend time with clients, um, but very often they're supporting and driving impact through our consulting teams. So that's one path. Another path is our cons knowledge consultants. Uh, so my knowledge consultants have kind of deliver similar impact to our capabilities and insights colleagues. They're bringing facts, they're bringing insights, they have domain expertise, They are spending at times more um, kind of time with our clients. Uh, so they are 
probably more in the kind of multiple weeks with one client, whereas our capabilities and insights colleagues uh, sometimes spending one or two days on a particular problem for a client working with the consulting team. So our capabilities and insights path, our knowledge consulting path, very, very much driving impact through expertise. Uh, and I think you mentioned this word innovation. And so there is a real emphasis on these colleagues to invest in building new knowledge and bringing new innovation into our, our client service capabilities. We also have another path, which is our solution and asset path. Um, and very quickly, our, our solutions uh, kind of, they are at what we call asset-based consulting, and they enable us to bring insights and impact to clients in a quicker way. And I, can, I let me quickly talk about the people path, and I'm happy to come back to solutions and assets and spend a bit more time talking about exactly what they are. Uh, and within solutions, we have folks that are doing solution delivery. So they're working with the assets and helping deliver them to the clients. We have folks who are doing product development. So a lot of their role is actually maintaining and innovating our assets and solutions. And we have solution leaders, and they're kind of overseeing the solution, um, working with clients, client relationship building, client development, um, ensuring that we are on track in terms of innovating and, and building that next generation of, of, of solutions. So that's our solution folks. And then the fourth group of folks are our analytics colleagues. So we have data scientists um, and, and data engineers. And sorry if I spent a little bit of time and I was relatively high level, it just reflects that, yes, it's 3,600 folks, but it really is a very diverse group of colleagues with lots of different talent. This is a huge diversity. So um, that sounds, uh, it's it's really interesting that um, also it's not at McKinsey that you uh, have those classic um, consulting roles, but also there is more to that. Um, do, do colleagues within uh, the client uh, capabilities network also have the chance to work with colleagues outside of their office? Are there also opportunities to work uh, for different locations? How does that work? Yeah, sure. And, um, I was one, a colleague within the, the client capability network before I kind of became a, a manager and a leader of these colleagues. Uh, and one of the things that really attracted me to the role was the ability to have international exposure. So I love walking around our centers and just kind of speaking with, with our researchers or our solution delivery folks or our analytics folks and kind of asking them what they're doing today. Um, and most of them have started a day engaging with their team and their team is spread across Germany, Poland, India, China, kind of truly kind of global networks. And they're having regular interaction with these folks. Uh, and that's a little bit of a unique aspect of our CCN in that these folks are part of kind of teams of, of, of colleagues that are focused on similar topics and similar domains as they are. Uh, so they'll generally connect in with those global teams and then they'll also be working uh, you know, with, with client serving or con consulting teams. And very often those consulting teams are very global and international as well. So it really is a very global network, um, both in terms of the team that you're working with, that you would call your team and, and, and which has a manager that's providing mentorship and leadership, and also the interactions you're having with consulting teams and also with clients. Rob, why is McKinsey currently looking to hire new colleagues um, within our CCN? Yeah, sure. So we are, what we're doing right now is hyperscaling our CCN. Uh, and so let me tell a, a little bit of a story. So uh, l last year, as the, the world moved into the, the pandemic, uh, we of course shifted quite a bit to remote um, remote interactions, kind of being in the home office. And our client capability network, the way we're deployed, yes, we do at times spend time with clients. 
but it's not the way you would think a generalist consultant or an integrated consultant kind of works with clients, which is being on one project kind of Monday to Thursday at the client site. Our folks will, yes, work remotely, sometimes flying to a client site. But when we did this pivot and this shift to kind of truly remote delivery of client service, we were in some ways set up to do that. So it wasn't a huge pivot for us. Uh, so the shift to client service model really brought a client capability network to the fore. Uh, and this was recognized by, by our firm leaders. And that's why they've decided to, to really grow this capability um, and really think about how do we better embed these capabilities into our, our client service model, creating really diverse teams. Um, so as we've already, we've already talked about those uh, centers um, or hubs around the world, can you tell me a bit more about those and what it, is it like working in one, um, especially since you already have experience working in a number of them or know a number of them? Yeah, sure. So I think, so we have two large centers in India. We have a center in Shanghai. We also have a, a large center in Poland, Waltham, which is just outside of Boston, and then our center here in Costa Rica. So I think there are some, some commonalities um, that you will feel no matter which center you're in. So that is uh, a generally young community because um, a lot of our centers are, are relatively young. Um, so you'll find a lot of very young, energized um, colleagues walking around. Uh, you'll generally see a lot of activity. You'll generally hear a lot of noise. You'll generally find folks collaborating around different areas and in meeting rooms or collaborating around the floor, having kind of impromptu meetings uh, and discussions. Uh, you'll also find that when you look across the, the, the floor, you'll find that there could be 100 folks sitting on that floor, but they're all part of different practices and different teams. So they could be part of a particular solution, an industry team or a functional team. And what I love is seeing those different teams collaborate. Um, and that collaboration really is the the essence, I think, of, of what makes our center so magical. So those connections don't always happen, uh, I think, in smaller locations. But when you have all these colleagues across the different teams working together, co-located, innovation happens. And there are so many different examples of innovation. I think the other thing that's really special about and common across our centers is the, the mentorship and the coaching that you get by having so many colleagues in one location. Mm -hmm. So we're manager-led teams. So every team has a manager And it's responsibility of that manager to make sure that the people on their team are, are looked after, they're, they're getting the right opportunities, they're getting the right learning journey, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think that mentorship and coaching really comes to life in our centers as well. So again, there's those commonalities. But then, of course, it's a very different experience when you go into our center in Gorgon. Um, and obviously, there's a different culture. Um, when they bring you lunch and that maybe I come back to the theme of food, It's, it's going to be a delicious Indian um, lunch, which I, which I haven't been to India in a while and I really miss. Uh, and when you come to Costa Rica, you're more typical uh, to take the Friday morning flight so you can spend Thursday evening on the rooftop um, enjoying the, the cocktails and the DJ. So there's commonalities and there's also differences with each of our centers. You also once referred to our CCN as an incubator for talent. Maybe uh, you can describe what you mean by that. Sure. So... Again, it's it's a it's a very diverse group of colleagues, uh, and while we do hire or have folks join with experience, so folks with a banking background joining our banking practice, really bringing that banking expertise. We have folks with 
you know, five, six, seven years of analytics experience joining our advanced analytics team. But we also have a lot of folks who are just fresh graduates and, and they're coming out with you know, fantastic intrinsic skills and they have a passion for a particular topic. And so they're joining the CCN and they're having two or three years at the CCN uh, learning how McKinsey works, how we work with clients, uh, getting deeper on a particular topic. Uh, and then there is actually a lot of freemen, in fact, encouragement uh, to explore different areas within the firm, whether that's within the same practice or team you're in, uh, changing your focus, or it could be moving to a path where you're more focused on people management and people leadership. We also have a lot of folks who've actually moved to the integrated consulting path as well, um, because that's uh, a path that they get a different set of energy from and they find um, exciting. So I, 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 I love the fact that we're now here in Costa Rica for 10 years. And when I fly uh, to, to Boston to visit our center in Waltham, there's literally 20 Costa Ricans um, in our center in Waltham. So we truly have started to have folks move on to different roles, um, go to different parts of the firm, move to different paths, or go off and, and do a postgrad at an incredible business school, you know, Oxford, Dartmouth, Harvard. Uh, this makes me really proud. Thank you, Rob, for that. So, um, but now we are coming to uh, one of the favorite parts of this podcast, our Ask Me Anything section. Again, we want to try something new here. And this time we picked three frequently asked questions that we often get asked on social media or via mail. So it may be a bit boring when I'm reading out the questions to you all by myself. So I've asked my podcast team to get me an assistant. They said yes, but uh, since we are very digital at McKinsey, I've got a virtual one. Um, but a whole team of them, they helped me with the questions and I would be happy if you would answer them, Rob. Great. So I was working the whole afternoon on preparing the following intro I'd like to play now. So let's welcome them. Are you ready, my uh, virtual assistants? Thank you, Philip. We are ready. We are your virtual assistant team and we will be reading out questions McKinsey has been asked. We are ready to launch the Ask Me Anything section. <laughs> How do you like my music editing skills? <laughs> I, feel, I love it. I'm getting more convinced that maybe you should come down here and, and, and be a DJ you know, in our center in Costa Rica. <laughs> so, Rob, are you ready for your uh, questions? Um, then I would like to start with the first question. Let's go. Hi, Robert. I would like to know what skills and experiences you are looking for in candidates for roles in McKinsey's Client Capabilities Network. Thank you. Thank you, virtual assistant number one, Robert. Thank you, virtual assistant. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, so, so maybe let me um, put this into two buckets. Um, so I, I think the first bucket is, Similar to when we do assessment and interviews for our integrative consultants, uh, we, we look for similar aspects with our colleagues joining the CCN. Uh, so there are some roles where we will do a case study, um, which is really probing and looking at your problem-solving skills. Uh, we also very often kind of integrate the PEI, the, um, the personal experience interview, which is looking at kind of personal impact, how do you do with challenging conversations, um, aspects of being entrepreneurial, uh, and also inclusive leadership. So how well do you work with diverse teams? Uh, so there is some similarities to how we interview for CCN colleagues 
or CCN candidates um, as we do with our integrated consultants. But there is also a different kind of aspect we're looking at within our candidates. And that goes back to a little bit of the, the value proposition, which is bringing expertise to our clients and our CSTs, um, developing assets and solutions, um, bringing competencies like analytics and how to do data manipulation or more technical roles, uh, and also this whole passion for innovation. So depending on the role you're applying for, uh, there will be different things that we're looking for. If you're looking to join our banking practice as a banking specialist, we're then looking for kind of experience in the banking industry so that when you join the firm and you start working with CSTs, you're leveraging already industry experience. The same for some of our functional practices where you're joining our marketing and sales practice as an expert. We are looking for some kind of experience within marketing and sales that you can bring into the firm and bring into our network. If you're joining as a data scientist, uh, we're looking for you know, education which aligns with that and also some kind of experience working with uh, large data sets and, 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 and some kind of programming language. So you'll find that there'll be questions around your background, your expertise, uh, and there'll also, for some roles, there'll be kind of technical screens or technical questions. Okay, then uh, let's come to virtual assistant number two. Uh, here comes question number two. Nice to meet you, Robert. Can you tell me if I still get the real McKinsey experience when I join the Client Capabilities Network? Nice to meet you as well, virtual assistant. <laughs> um, so again, let me break this question down in, into two. Um, so yeah, it's, it's also interesting to think about the typical experience. I think the firm is changing so so quickly, both in the way we, we serve clients, um, the type of folks we, we, we recruit, the diversity. So maybe let me not use the word typical, but expected. And so I think... There are things which you would expect when you join the firm that you're going to experience within the, the client capability network. There's also the things that are a little bit unique. So what is it that you expect that you're going to get? I mean, one is the, the values, the culture, um, the, the, the general collegiality that you'll find amongst colleagues, um, international exposure, um, learning. Kind of, We have these fantastic learning journeys and We also have kind of very formalized career paths so that when folks join the firm, they know that there's a kind of a, a, a set career path ahead of them. Um, so th they're the kind of things and also kind of interactions with clients and an ability to drive impact and see that impact. So I'd say they're the kind of typical things that you'd get that you expect when you join the firm. But there are some things which are a little bit unique when you join the, the client capability network. Uh, and that is an ability to focus a little bit earlier on a particular topic or a particular domain um, or an asset uh, at an earlier point in your career, whereas a generalist consultant is generally trying or doing lots of different things across lots of different clients or industries or functional areas. The CCN enables you to focus on one particular topic earlier in your career. I think people also get a lot of energy from being part of one particular team, um, It's a set of colleagues where they're peers, you learn from them, you have a manager. I think I mentioned this before, the manager is responsible for ensuring that you're developing, getting opportunities. So this kind of nice team feeling, I think, is also a, a little bit unique for, for the, the CCN. Uh, really cl close-knit teams. Uh, and, and I think the other thing is this ability to develop new knowledge and innovate. Uh, and that really is a, a strong focus. What you'll find is most folks are not kind of on client projects back to back. There is time when they can sit back, pause, join uh, an initiative to develop new innovation, be part of a solution team that's innovating on a particular product. Uh, and that 
ability and that spirit and that encouragement to innovate, I think is also a little bit special within our client capability network. Thank you for answering. So the third and last question that we've got on social media or via mail from virtual assistant number three is the following. Hey, Robert, thanks for having me. What training sessions and learning opportunities will I have in the client capabilities network? <laughs> sure. So um, again, I'm, I'm finding myself being very structured here with my answers, but um, <laughs> maybe I, it's been with the firm for 20 years. Uh, my, my parents say the same thing when I reply to the emails. I'm always kind of the, the governing thought and then my, my three bullet points. Um, but I, I think that there's probably three aspects to, the, to this learning journey. Um, <laughs> so depending on the, 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 the path that you join, there is formalized learning modules. So if you're a knowledge consultant or a capabilities and insights um, colleague, there are what we call firm trainings. Um, and at different points in your career uh, or your journey on your tenure, you'll join these kind of what, what used to be in-person but are now virtual um, learning modules, which typically go for kind of three or four days with fantastic faculty uh, to teach you things like problem solving, communication, um, influencing, all kinds of very critical skills to be successful at the firm. So there's this very path-specific learning journey. Uh, there's also some of the consulting uh, learning modules that our folks kind of participate in. We cu curate them so that we're making sure that they're joining the right ones. Again, these roles very often are client-facing um, and are working very closely with our consulting teams. So there are some critical and essential consulting um, elements that you need to to be effective uh, working with clients and working within consulting teams. So that's the second one. And then the third one is there is content-specific um, modules um, that or, or learning journeys that our folks um, participate in. So if you're marketing and sales, um, there are different kind of learning journeys and modules that you'll participate in to really refine your domain expertise according to the kind of area in which you focus. Great. That was a very structured answer to a very robotic assistant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, so thank you, my um, free virtual assistants. Um, that's it for our Ask Me Anything section. But I would like to ask you one final roundup question, Rob. What is it that you would like our listeners to get out of our podcast episode today? Yeah, sure. The, the one simple message I would say is when you think about McKinsey, just understand that there are lots of different roles that you can, you can kind of apply for and join the firm and have a very interesting uh, career and energizing experience. Uh, and I think I've talked about the CCN, but of course, there's our consulting path. There are also a lot of uh, kind of other roles within the firm that I think are very exciting. So I just say, put, and I think the, the beyond consulting um, push is exactly the message I would like to say. McKinsey offers all kinds of different opportunities uh, for, for, our, for professionals. Great. So this is it, Rob. We have come to the end of our recruiting at a podcast episode. It was super interesting to learn more about uh, the CCN and also get to know you. I can't wait um, to DJ soon uh, in Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait either, Philip. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks for being our guest today. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you have more questions or ideas for our show, drop us a line on our podcast page, mckinsey.com slash recruiting podcast. To learn more about our recruiting efforts, how to apply and tons of other information, check out 
mckinsey.com slash careers. Our guest today is Robert Tesoriero. He is Robert Tesoriero. Our guest today is Robert Tesoriero. Our guest today is Robert Tesoriero. He is Robert Tesoriero. Our guest today is Robert Tesoriero. He 